Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 499 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's show is with Sarah. Sarah has type 1 diabetes, and she has a very specific way of eating. And so today's episode is another in the How We Eat series. Sarah is here to talk about a flexitarian diet. A who do I want to say that? That's what I thought too. But it's a thing, flexitarian. At some point, I just realized that people eat in all different ways and that they should all be recognized and we should talk about them. Because if you have type 1 diabetes, it doesn't matter if you're a vegan, a carnivore, or somewhere in between, you need to know how to use your insulin. And it's helpful to hear other people living similar lives. I'm very proud of the How We Eat series, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Today is the eighth in the How We Eat series. Go look for the other seven. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. If you're interested in finding a community, people who are helping people with type 1 diabetes, look no farther than touchedbytype1.org. Touchedbytype1.org. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, or right there on their website. And if you're looking for an incredible meter, a blood glucose meter to put on the Mount Rushmore of blood glucose meters, you are looking for the Contour Next one. Find out more about it at contournext.com forward slash juice box. My name is Sarah. I've been a type one diabetic for about 15 months now. I was diagnosed when I was 29. It was a complete shock because I don't have any other like endocrine issues in my family or anything. I live in Texas and uh, yeah, I'm talking to you about the flexitarian diet today. Yes. You did something I didn't expect. There's the noise. What just happened? What was that? Whatever um, that was, that's uh, the thing you're not. It might be. Do. It might be my sweatshirt, All but right. I can hold the wire out so it won't touch. That's cool. Again. Yeah, I was gonna say you could. Actually, what I was gonna say, I'm not gonna say because it's inappropriate. Okay. <laughs> and we're just talking <laughs> was, about the way you was eat. it. Take my shirt. I off. was gonna be like, why don't you just do the podcast <laughs> topless, and then there won't be problems like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or keep your sweatshirt on and just please let the wire not touch the thing. Um, okay. Yeah. So you did something I didn't expect. Uh, when I reached out and said, I want to know how everyone eats, right? I'm like, I'm going to do this how we eat episodes. And no matter how you eat, like throw it at me, you threw something at me I had never heard of before. Oh, what was it? Whatever. I don't know what flexitarian means. Oh. (laughs) So when you were, so I must, you were probably like, oh, he's so excited to get a flexitarian on. I was like, what the hell is that? You definitely have to come on the podcast. (laughs) But you eat, you also eat intermittent too. Or are those the same things? No, they're different. All right. Let's go yeah, slow. Yeah, they're different. Then, so. All right. Hold on a second. Um, 
for context, are you MDI? Are you pumping? Do you have a CGM? Oh, I, I have a Dexcom and the G6, and then I'm on Omnipod. Oh, you have the best stuff. Yeah, it's really though, and it's what I got like from the get go. Um, so it's it was a pretty smooth transition, okay. you know, after diagnosis. So yeah, it was nice not having to like jump around and go from MDI to a to a pump to whatever. It was just really nice. My doctor was like, "Yeah, I think you will really like this based on your lifestyle." So yeah, he yeah. just kicked it off, and he's been right about that. It's working for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I'm pretty active and so not having, um, a tube has been really great. Excellent. Uh, I just want to get this out of the way before we start. You are a transplant. You have to be right. You weren't born in Texas, were you? I was. Why do you sound like you're like in New Hampshire or something like that? Or what, why are you so, (laughs) why are you so waspy when you're talking? What's going on, Sarah? Where'd you go to school? What happened? Well, I'm from I'm from the DFW area, um, which isn't known necessarily for always having like twang in their voice, but it does come out with certain words. So when I say jaguar, like most people say that's when they can hear it. Or when I say y'all, of course. Um, but when I was younger, like the word jaguar was always just jaguar. Why but you- then when I got older, I met people from from like the midwest or or the east coast and they were like no it's jaguar and i was like i don't know what that is but this animal is a jaguar okay so, so hold on i don't think it's jaguar that's first of all but secondly uh, <laughs> why do you find yourself saying jaguar so much uh there were there was a school in our town their mascot was the jaguars and so to say jaguars like it just was pretty normal cuz it'd be like oh yeah it's the jaguars versus like the tigers or or something but Right. Yeah, I didn't. It wasn't like an everyday occurrence, I guess, the way I made it sound. Well, yeah, you've just said it a thousand times now. So I'm wondering if, <laughs> if maybe just over. I just that was a fascinating pull uh, for words. And by the way, I've been Googling fur- furiously trying to figure out where DFW is, but it means the Dallas Fort Worth area. I wanted to come off oh, like yes, I knew, sorry. but I, no, don't worry. I was just, I'm sure everyone else is like, yeah, we all knew that, but you didn't. Uh, okay, so you don't, and I didn't mean like twangy. I just meant like, I you don't, is, Texas just becoming a very diverse place? Uh, I would think so because yeah. in the last like couple years, um, a lot of companies have moved into Texas because it's a little bit cheaper living. However, still a lot of like really great like economy and like yeah. resources here. So a lot of people from a lot of different areas, like in the US and outside of the US, have moved in. Like I think I heard recently that Texas has I think in the last five years has grown or the, the Dallas Fort Worth area alone has grown by like a million people hmm. just because all these companies are moving in. So it's becoming pretty diverse, but I don't think it has been until the probably the past decade. Interesting. I hear that there's tax reasons to live there as well, but I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, we don't, I don't know for sure, but there's like, we just have to pay federal taxes. We don't have like a ton of state taxes. So that's kind of nice. Right, well, I'm on my way. Uh <laughs> I mean, if I can say Jaguar any way I want and not pay taxes, this is the place for me, I'm thinking. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. It's a perfect place. Yeah. <laughs> they won't want me there. It's okay. Um, what the hell is flexitarian? <laughs> yeah, good question. So I actually had to explain this to my endocrinologist as well. Um, we were talking about you know some of my blood work um, numbers, and I was like, I... And this was a couple months back. And I was like, I really want to try my diet before we do medication. This was for cholesterol. And um, 
So I was like, how about I try the flexitarian diet and we'll just see how that goes. And my doctor was like, what is that? So it's a newer term and it's like, it's like vegan light or like vegetarian light. Um, it's like an easy way to put it or like mini, mini vegetarian. I don't know. Um, but the best way to explain it, I think, um, is to eat, you know, fruits and veggies, um, whole grains, legumes, you know, uh, but mainly getting your protein from other sources than animals. Mm-hmm. Um, but still being flexible enough to where it's like, you can have eggs, you know, beef, chicken, um, but that not being like your main focus of protein or the main focus of your diet. So it's kind of like flipping the standard American diet, um, which is typically like focusing on meats and animal products and then, you know, smothering your (laughs) vegetables and, and fats and oils. It's like trying to, it's like switching. It's like, okay, what, what do we want to fill our plate with as far as like legumes and vegetables go? And then if you want to, you can add in an animal product. Okay. So you're not against eating animals. Right. Okay. And so you're basically, see, it's funny. You said a, a standard American diet um, which is kind of flipped. I think a standard American diet is more like cupcakes from a convenience store, and <laughs> a sandwich, and well, that, <laughs> anything else is really yes. fast and in a package. I, th- I think of when people say American diets, I think of packaged foods. Like yeah, like the packaged ramens or... <laughs> anything. Anything that's pre-made that, that doesn't, doesn't cause you to need to start with basic ingredients and build something is yes. to me what a more American diet is like joking aside. Like I, I, that's how I think of it is, is, um, somebody has taken food you're hoping and mixed it with <laughs> edible chemicals and put it in a bag for you so that when you eat it, you go, this tastes like a tortilla chip, even though it might not be, uh, that, yeah. that, that's sort of an idea, but okay. So how did you eat prior to this? So I'm assuming you saw a cholesterol thing and that's what set this all off. Yeah. So before, um, I, I guess like, I don't know, like I, we had meat, I, most meals, um, I ate eggs all the time. I love eggs. That will be the last thing I give up if I happen to go like full vegan, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, and, and yeah, we had meat and all our meals, chicken, beef, turkey. Um, yeah. And it was at all our meals. It was just like regular, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. like in pasta or a casserole or whatever it was, but still pretty healthy. Like I, I really enjoy vegetables. So, um, but yeah, so that's how I ate before. Now it's just less animal products, mainly less, less meats. Um, and yeah, um, I did, I did start on it because my cholesterol was high. Like when I was first diagnosed, I couldn't tell you the exact number, but it was really high. My doctor was like, we really need to focus on that. Mm-hmm. Also, you know, my A1C was like 14. So <laughs> because of the diagnosis, right. At yeah. diagnosis. Yeah. A1C of 14, my cholesterol, I want to say it was in like the three hundreds or something like that, mm-hmm. like something really, really high. So, um, they went ahead and put me on a statin. I'm on a uh, Lavallo and, I was like, you know what? I have always um, believed, I guess, to that you should eat your food like it's medicine or you'll end up eating your medicine like it's food. And so, yeah, I was like, let me see what I can do with my diet to help this so I don't have to rely on medicine for this anymore. And so I started eating flexitarian and my doctor was like, whatever you've done, like 
you have made, you know, immense progress. And so I'm still on a statin for now because I'm still um, on the higher range side, I guess. But um, she, my doctor is just like, I love it. Keep doing what you're doing. You know, if you want to play around with your diet some more, you can, but she says that she's seen really great results from it. Wow. I have to be honest with you. I just spent a, a really embarrassing amount of time figuring out how to spell legume. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of a funny word. Like, is it two O's? Is it like a U? Like, what is it? Yeah. yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going to get, I'm not, in, I'm a little embarrassed, you know, after I said it, I was like, oh. Uh, Shouldn't have said that because it really, I like you know, in the first minute, I was like, "What am I doing wrong here?" And then, like in minute four, I I started thinking, like, no one should be listening to me. I can't figure out how to spell, and I'm not going to tell anyone how to spell it because for those of you who don't know, you should have to figure it out the way I just did. Yeah, they should have to go through the same trials. Yeah. Oh yeah, you need this too. But uh, a legume is a plant in the family Fabric. Well, let's just not say that, or the fruit or seed of such a plant. The seed is mm-hmm. also called a pulse. Legumes are grown agriculturally, primarily for human consumption, for livestock forage and silage, which I don't know what that is, and is a soil-enhancing green manure. And they're eating this on purpose. So, like, hold on. Like, what's an example of a legume? Um, I'm pretty sure a lentil um, or... I'm not really sure. Uh, <laughs> I used to have a list whenever I first got it, you know, whenever I was first looking into it. But now it's like, why don't I don't need to know specifically what a legume is because now I know like all the things I can eat. So like, yeah, it's I eat quinoa and lentils a lot, um, chickpeas, but I don't know if nece- if those are all necessarily. Legumes. No, you're doing it. <laughs> you're doing it green. See, I w- I might not have been able to spell legume, but I did know how to spell example and put it next to legume. So now I'm all set. Green pea, soybean, lentil, chickpea, uh, mm-hmm. pigeon pea, which yeah. I know that sounds like pigeon shit, but that's fine. Mung bean, <laughs> Asian pig, pigeon wings. All right. Oh, I have never had some of those things. Broad bean. Oh, yeah, there, a peanut. A peanut? Oh, yeah. Peanuts are legumes. All right. See? We're learning here. Yeah. That's yeah. What these, that's exactly what these episodes are about because I don't know what a cow pea is, but I know what a black-eyed pea is. I know what a cow pie is. <laughs> well, you're from Texas. <laughs> yeah. Of course you did. And, you know, now that I've seen this black-eyed pea, it begs the question, what happened to that poor Fergie person? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> it looked like she got hit by three different trucks it's one rough. day when I saw her. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened. But uh, oof. anyway, uh, that's way off the subject. Unless Fergie is a flexitarian. And then, in fact, I'd like to speak with her. <laughs> <laughs> and then we need to get in contact with her, yeah. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. If she's a flexitarian, I think you should switch your diet. But <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're So you're basically, it's funny, you're the 70s version of a doctor looking at you and going, hey, can you cut out meat and eat more vegetables, please? Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Givoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk.
I just want to remind you again to check out touchedbytype1.org. Touched by Type 1, a great organization doing wonderful things for people with type 1 diabetes. And now let's talk about your blood glucose meter. You know what you deserve? You deserve a second chance. A second chance to get a great meter and a second chance to test your blood sugar. You know, most meters, once you put the test strip in the blood, if you don't get enough, it ruins the test strip or at least messes up the test accuracy, but not with the Contour Next One. How about that? Intriguing, don't you think? Mm -hmm. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. This is the best blood glucose meter that I've ever used and a favorite of Arden's. It fits well in her bag, fits well in her hand, and has a bright light at night, which I really appreciate. I'm sure you will too. And how many times have we gotten out blood and it's not quite been enough or it gets smeared around or something happens or you just go in and miss? You ever just miss and just like run your hand through it? It's embarrassing, but I've done it. Anyway, these second chance test strips really give a lot of leniency. A second chance. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Head over there today. Find out if you're eligible for a free meter. Find out if the Contour Next One and the test strips are cheaper for you in cash than you're paying now through your insurance for a different meter. Wouldn't that be crazy if that was the case? You're paying more to your insurance company than you would just buying the thing on your own? Get out of here. You should find out if that's the case. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Touchedbytype1.org. Gvoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Please support the sponsors. When you do, you're supporting the show. I really appreciate your time, your consideration, and the general way that you are wonderful. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, I don't I don't right. know anything about the 70s. Well, the 70s is when nobody called anything anything. Like everything oh, has gotcha. a name now. Okay. Like like because of branding and you know the internet, everything needs a name because it has to be it has to be categorized yes. so that we can Google it. Like you can't Google, could you please cut out a lot of meat from your <laughs> diet, please, and come up with this. So you had to call it something. So it's a, it's a flexitarian diet. Um, yeah. Which is better, that by the way. Sense. I've lived through the 70s. This is better, in case you're wondering. Um, oh, good. Okay. Yeah. The music was it really hit or miss. Although now it's just bad. All right. Maybe the yeah, 70s it's were bad. better. Mostly bad. What What is with the music? You're just old enough to hate it, I would imagine, right? Right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like the stuff on the radio, it's like, ugh, like I know I can't. Like, it, yeah, the radio is starting to irritate me, but that's only been in the past like couple years. Let so. me ask a question. Yeah. Do, you have, do you have Sirius mm-hmm. Satellite Radio by any chance? I don't. Okay. So there's this woman on Sirius Satellite Radio. She's an announcer, and I believe her name is Jenna Marbles, but it might not be. But <laughs> every time I hear her speak, I have an impulse to find where she is, go there, and beg her never to speak out loud again so that anyone can hear oh, no. it. She, her voice <laughs> makes me upset. I don't know. It's it's terrible. And I'm sure she's a lovely person. Or you know what? Maybe she's not. I have no idea. I'm just saying that <laughs> when she speaks, I right now I'm imagining people listening to me going, you know what? I have a similar relationship with you, asshole. I just really <laughs> like the content, but I so I live through you. But I, I just Jenna Marbles person. She's like, hi, I'm Jenna Marbles. And I'm like, oh, it's enough. Stop, please. So, and then she starts talking <laughs> about nothing. It's it's the worst kind of filler. Anyway. 
Well, I think I think if it's the same person, she started out on uh, YouTube, and so I think I know who you're referring to, so even you, though I don't have a uh, serious. Is her name video. really Marbles? All right, now we're googling that. Yeah. It is well, <laughs> yeah. her name can't be Jenna Marbles. Jenna, oh Jenna Nicole Moray, just be Jenna Moray. Oh, okay. Marbles. That's not the same. That's not the same woman I was thinking well, of. When she talks, it makes me feel like there are marbles hitting me in the forehead. So that's. Uh, <laughs> That's just, why, that's how you made that, yeah. Yeah, Can you imagine if this, this led to a war between me and Jenna Marbles, wouldn't that be crazy? Oh my gosh, <laughs> it'd be a mess. Uh, anyway, Jenna, I don't know how you eat, but come on to the podcast and tell people about it. Um, <laughs> okay, so, you're, so you had a higher cholesterol. It did bring it down, mm-hmm. but not all the way. So do you think maybe some right. of your cholesterol issue is genetic? Um, yeah, my, um, it does run as far back as my, just my grandparents is all we know, um, which is probably makes sense since we don't really have like, you know, the medical technology past them, but yeah, they had high cholesterol. My mom's cholesterol isn't necessarily super high. Neither is my dad's, but you know, they're just being monitored right now, you know, as they go in for their appointments. Um, but yeah, so it's, I think it is partially, (laughs) excuse me, partially genetics. Um, and then of course, partially just being a diabetic. Did you hear? Hmm, did you hear the guy that came on and talked about the carnivore diet? Because I, uh, I, I didn't listen to him. Um, I, th- I don't think was that. No, Matt was. Uh, no, Matt was Matt, Matt was plant based. Uh, try it. His name's Paul Saladino. Mm-hmm. I think. And I, the only reason I'm saying that not because I want you to eat meat, nothing but meat, but because at <laughs> some point in there he spoke about what he believes is a misunderstanding of cholesterol with doctors. Mm. And I don't know. I can't remember enough off the top of my head to tell you about it. And so if you heard it, it might be valuable for you. I'm not sure. I don't even know if he's right. I'm just saying that's kind of the cool thing about these, how we eat episodes is that everyone comes on and tells an absolutely delightful story about their eating style and then someone mm-hmm. else comes on, talks about a completely different eating style. Like it's literally a mirror image of the last one. And like, this is amazing. And I'm like, so, so I think that <laughs> I think the key is to eat how your body yeah. enjoys, you know, for sure, for sure. And I can, yeah. And so, um, whenever I was first diagnosed, my primary care physician was the one that was like, Hey, let's get your blood work done for this. Um, and she said, and you're going to go on a diet that's similar to keto, but it's, um, it's essentially it's, um, low carb, but she didn't really explain it. Um, after that, just that's all she said about it. And so I, um, I was like, okay, so I guess I'm low carb and I was eating a ton of like meats, um, and fats and, and things like that. And I just felt so bad on it. And so that's whenever it was like the, the, I think the first endocrinologist appointment, whenever they were going through everything with me and they were looking at my blood panels, that's when I was like, I'm going to try something different. You know, I'm going to try flexitarian. And then, so I completely agree with you because I know there are some people that feel great on a really low carb diet or, or, you know, the keto diet, um, or something like that. So I definitely agree with you that it's just like whatever you feel best on and whatever, like your body like performs the best on, you know, um, do you feel good and, and, and all that. And like, is everything checking out? Okay. Right. Right. I feel better with, um, with more, like more beef protein, chicken, turkey, that kind of thing in my diet, a little fewer carbs, but I can't do it for more than about three or four weeks. And then something happens where I'm just like, oh, shouldn't I have like a piece of bread? 
you know. Um, <laughs> right. Shouldn't, shouldn't there be something yeah. else? Couldn't there be I, one piece of yeah. toast with these eggs once in a while? Like yeah. not every day. And I'm not saying yeah. every day. I'm saying that once in a while I, I mix them back through. But the real key for – so let me ask you before I move forward. Um, you feel the best this way and this is sustainable for you. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and I like have been talking to different people about, um, their experiences being a vegetarian and being vegan. And, um, I know I'm on here to talk about being flexitarian, but I have been considering, you know, just seeing what happens if I do go full vegetarian or full vegan to see what that does one for, you know, my cholesterol and then two, just for my body and how it feels. But yes, I do feel really great on the flexitarian diet. Um, yeah, it's it's much better than that low carb that I did for like two months um, at the beginning. And it's definitely better than um, like I definitely still feel better even before I was diagnosed. Um, yeah, I feel like I have a lot of energy. I don't rely on food. Um, it's kind of like get me through the day, if that makes sense. Like I don't rely on like, oh, I just need like, um, you know, like a sugary something to help, to help sustain my energy um, or, or, you know, things like that. It's like I am eating to fuel my body and my body's like, oh, thank you. This is excellent. Um, we love it. Two questions. When you tried low carb, was it very greasy food? Because I wouldn't be good with a lot of grease. That would no, make it wasn't, me feel. Yeah, it wasn't um, greasy foods. It, it was mainly just like more more meat, essentially more meat and more fat. Um, and I left it up to my husband to to try and help me with that because I was really overwhelmed in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was like, "Yeah, let me like <laughs> this is definitely something I can help you with and like take off your plate." Um, no pun intended, yeah. but I guess kind or of put on your um, plate. Who knows? So, <laughs> right and. Um, and so he, you know, was kind of in charge of like groceries and our meal planning and stuff like that for, for, um, a little while until I was like, you know what, I want to try this out. Um, and I want to do more research and, and I'll take over, you know, like groceries and just kind of being like the, the main leader, I guess, mm-hmm. for, for, for that, for our diets. And, um, yeah, so it wasn't greasy foods. It was just more, more animal products, essentially yeah. more fats um, and meats. Is he eating with you now or does he just, is he doing his thing and you're doing yours? And because flexitarian so close to just normal eating with different amounts, like, does it just work? Um, yeah, yeah. It's actually, um, it's kind of funny when we were, so we've been married for two years now and we dated for about a year before getting married. And so when we were dating, he looked at salads and he was like, oh, that's rabbit food. And he just like didn't eat salads. But now like uh, he'll pack a salad for lunch and he's like super pumped about it. And he'll be like, whenever we're making a grocery list, he's like, oh, can we get these salad supplies? You know, um, <laughs> so he's like super pumped about it. So he basically does eat with me. We make some meals that are um, essentially they're vegetarian because they don't have any animal products or any meat specifically, they might have cheese, but they don't have any meats in it, but we'll make meat separately so he can add it in. So pasta is a really good example. We'll make a pasta and then we'll make whatever meat he wants to add to the pasta separately. And so whenever he like packs it for lunch or for eating it for dinner, he just adds in whatever he wants, but the meal is like a complete meal without it. So we do eat together essentially, but whenever he feels like adding some meat and he does. He just does, yeah. So and it's really it's really easy. It's 
not a big hassle um, or anything. And he's been really great about, you know, whenever I'm like, okay, I want to consider this or I want to think about this or I want to try this new recipe. He's like, yeah, let's do it. His, I guess, idea is like, whatever's good for you is probably good for me as far as like strictly health goes. And, I'd like to talk to him for you're... five seconds if he didn't just look at me and go, hey, man, happy wife, happy life. I eat the salad. Yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> I don't like salad, he's... but what am I going to yeah. do? <laughs> yeah, he's and, and he's he's awesome. He's just like whatever, like makes you feel best. And um, yeah, he's he's super great about it all and just really has an open mind about it, which I'm really glad for, because if it was the same guy that I was dating that was like, oh, salads or rabbit food, I need, you know, steak and potatoes every day, like it would probably be a little bit harder to like you know do to dine together but it's interesting isn't it when we when we put food together in a classic way there are always foods that on their own would be okay but together like cause each other problem like steak and potatoes like who wouldn't want a baked potato with the steak everyone yeah right everyone wants this but you know if you could just have the steak without the potato it'd be a different like physical like health experience, the way your body would process the steak, the addition of the potato. And and conversely, I once, because I, I like messing around with different things just to see, I once did something called a baked potato fast, if not for just to find out. And it was fascinating. Like I lost like, I think 10 or 12 pounds in like five or six days. And I only ate baked potatoes for like a week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that sounds that sounds delicious, but also like exhausting. Oh I, yeah. Day four, <laughs> I just didn't eat on day four. Day four, I was like, I don't want a baked potato. And you couldn't put anything on it. <laughs> you couldn't put salt or pepper. It was like it was a Oh. So I no, did it. That, it <laughs> it's like it was like a it was almost like an experiment that taught me that I don't love baked potatoes. I love salt and pepper and butter. <laughs> All the stuff that comes on it, yeah. But you see, but you look like a weirdo if you just take the butter and then you salt it and put pepper on it and melt it and drink it and people talk so you know you, sure. yes. as they should because that is weird <laughs> scott's drinking salted butter again uh you know so the, <laughs> the potato really is the delivery system for the for those items um and it did teach me too about being full because mm-hmm. you could eat as much as you wanted but you didn't i didn't end up eating very much like after like the third or fourth day when the hunger disappeared um i was like well i'll just have a half a potato here like, I don't need the whole thing, you, you know, oh, like, wow. like, and then before I knew it, I was just like, that's fascinating. And I think I could have done it forever. I got to that. Like, do you know the Jetsons? Or are you too young for this? You know that? No, cart- I, know, I know the Jetsons. All right, so, you yeah. know, when the Jetsons sit down for dinner and the, the, the computer spits out this little like bean and they cut it in half once and eat it and get up. Yes. That's what eating turned into on the baked potato diet. It was just a sustenance oh, wow. program. It had nothing to do with flavor or anything. I felt fine. My energy was great. Um, I, I wish I would have had a CGM. I would have liked to check my blood sugar, but even that I, yeah. I felt great. So, um, well, you know, I've heard that we like, we can survive on a diet of potatoes only, but you also then just have to make sure you have a dairy source and then you've gotten all of your like vitamins and minerals and everything that you need. There's protein, fat and carbs in that. And we can just like exist off of that. Sarah, not to be contrary to you, but I got this idea from magician, magician <laughs> from a magician you know Penn and teller oh yes <laughs> so I, I got this from Penn, and he lost like 150 pounds doing it so and he said that the oh potatoes have everything you need so i was like i'm listening to him he's a famous <laughs> magician 
Yeah. I'm going to die one day. You guys are just going to come oh, on no. and you're going to be like, wow, the podcast feels produced by someone else all of a sudden because I've left my wife instructions. Give this folder to an editor and these are all the episodes that will be left if I ever drop dead. Please produce them all and put them out. <laughs> um, and, and one day Kelly will come on. She'll be like, I don't know how this thing works. Scott ate potatoes for two weeks and he died. Uh, and <laughs> like, something happened yeah. and died all because some magician told him to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the guy's an amazing magician. So uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So he's probably really great at a bunch of other things. Yeah. Well, Trust stands me. the reason, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Come on. Don't don't question my <laughs> thought process here. Sorry. You're going to poke some oh, holes in it pretty not. quick. Yeah. Well, anyway, I just, I, I'm, in, I'm, so I'm just incredibly interested about how people eat. So uh, people are going to have heard me say it on the podcast before, but as COVID-19 approached, I was a hundred percent certain I was going to gain weight. Um, and I went to an intermittent fasting schedule. And Mm -hmm. because I wanted to like really test it, I didn't just go to an intermittent fasting schedule. I ate whatever I wanted inside of that window. Oh, wow. Just to see how it would work. And I was losing weight. So eventually I stopped eating like a lunatic inside the window. Right? (laughs) I was just like, huh, let me see what this does. (laughs) You know, I was sort of doing that. Um, (laughs) And losing weight, no lie, over a couple of weeks, probably close to 15 pounds just by wow. eating. I was eating. I started with noon to eight, but it was hard to get to noon. So I flip flopped to 11 to seven mm-hmm. and I did it most of the way through the pandemic. Um, and I'm talking to you right now in November mm-hmm. and I, my weight stayed incredibly stable. I could eat a lot or nothing. It didn't seem to matter. I could have whatever didn't literally whatever and my weight didn't move i felt terrific and then about a week ago i'm lying two weeks ago i started having weird muscle pains like aches and pains like i'd sit like on my leg for a minute and stand up and my leg would be stiff and like all this weird stuff and i was like what is this and it lasted for like a week and just as it started to like go away i'm like i don't know what that was but like I'm going to be 50 next year, Sarah. So I was sort of like, I'm just probably old, you know? And um, <laughs> and and we're all trapped in our house. Not like I'm moving around at the speed of light or anything like that. And I, and I thought that's what that is. But then I got a head cold. And I'm wondering if the muscle aches weren't the beginning of a cold. So, and then the head cold held on to me. Like, I don't get sick, Sarah. It's like, mm-hmm. I have like four things going for me that are related to my body and Two of them are my hair and my eyes. So uh, there's not a lot going right for me with the body that I've been given. <laughs> and But one thing is, I get sick. It doesn't matter how sick I get. I go to sleep. I wake up. I am not sick anymore. That is a rule of my life. It's just how it goes. Well, I get I have this little head cold, and I feel this like like a node, you know, like on the on your neck when like the um the white blood cells kind of like ramp up in your uh, body. Yeah. You get those like bumps yeah, on your neck. Yeah. I get this giant node on my neck. Now I'm in bed. I'm like my wife. I'm like, touch that touch that. And she's like, what are we doing? I'm like, no, on my neck here, touch this, touch this. And I, I said, that's a node, right? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, am I dying? Is that neck cancer? I always go to cancer right away. I was like, is of that course, yeah. earlier in the week? I said, do I have leg cancer? My leg's getting stiff. She's like, I don't even think leg cancer is a thing. And I was like, all right, I was just checking. Um, but so this big node had this horrible head cold and I'm just all like flipping. I'm like, well, what I'll do is go to sleep and wake up and my cold will be gone. And I went to sleep and woke up the next day and I still had a, my head cold. And I got kind of woozy and I had to lay around for like three days, which I I don't think I've done since I was a kid. Like I started feeling bad about it. Like it, mm-hmm. it was it was so long. And now I'm fine. 
um, it was my only symptom was my head was like woozy and, mm-hmm. um, and I was uh, lethargic. Like I just, I was a little low on energy, but yeah, within this time, I stopped eating on my schedule and Sarah, can I curse? I'll bleep it out later. Yeah, mother, absolutely. Mother I gained six <laughs> pounds, six pounds, just oh, not being, uh, right. Just not being on my schedule. Oh my gosh. That's all. That's really surprising. You're damn right it is. Well, I told you my body's a disaster. Like I start to retain water like a pregnant lady at the drop of a hat. Like whenever I do, like any food that you would think of as enjoyable will is trying to kill me constantly um, my whole life. But 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 seriously, six pounds in ended up being like five and a half days of being ill. And I was hungry. So I leaned into it. I was like, well, as long as I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. Um, but I got out of my schedule. And just like that, Six pounds are back. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So tell me about you eating on the um, on this kind of intermittent fasting schedule. What led you to that? Uh, sure. So um, I, when I was first diagnosed, I did a lot of research um, because I am someone that like if there's something that I'm like nervous about or afraid of, typically like the more information I have, I feel better about, which I think is most people, but I don't know if most people realize that they just need more information. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that for some people it's probably more overwhelming, but anyway, so I went into research mode and, um, learned as much as I could. And I'm still learning of course. Um, but something that I read about was how intermittent fasting lead to better insulin sensitivity. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to try that out just to see what happens. And there are a couple of things that happened um, when I was trying it out. So first I didn't jump into like an eight hour eating window. I started slow. I was like, okay, let's see if I can do 12 hours and then 11 and then 10 hours for for the eating window. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was, I think that was really great because if I would have tried to jump in, I just, I don't think I would have done well. (laughs) I would have given up. But um, anyway, so I do think that I have experienced more insulin sensitivity, but then also I realized that like, it kind of makes my day a little bit easier um, because it's one less, like essentially you're, you're not eating you know, in the morning time, that's mine. I do about 11 to seven, uh, for when I eat um, but it's like one less meal to have to worry about, um, doing insulin for. And so essentially it's like, it gives me some extra time in the day where I'm not, you know, making all these calculations in my head and trying to think about it. Um, and my blood sugar is more stable. And I really like that as well you know, so instead of trying to do insulin management for food, you know, for 10 to 12 hours out day, it's really more like seven or eight hours. And and so like it, I feel better, like mentally with that. It, it, it almost feels like I get a break from and diabetes. Also I do have, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, it's like a break from diabetes, like for breakfast time, essentially. Yeah. And then insulin sen- sensitivity. Yeah. Well, I realized that Arden is, um, She's not particularly a, a breakfast person mm-hmm. um, on most days, uh, more on the weekend than the weekdays. And it, I, I, it took me a long time to realize, but she was basically fasting too. Because, yeah. right, she'd go to sleep at, I don't know, whenever, but she hadn't eaten past like 10 p.m. probably. And then mm-hmm. she'd get up in the morning and not eat until lunchtime. So she was basically eating like 12 and 12 or, you know, 14 yeah. and 10 or something like that. She was kind of on that schedule. 
And you're 100% right. Obviously, not eating in the morning makes managing insulin easier. It's just, sure. it is. And for reasons, I guess, in a, in a person who's not aware of their insulin needs, you know, uh, you don't realize the benefit you're getting in that, that lower insulin resistance and creating more stable, low blood sugars for more hours of the day. Yeah. 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 I think it's fantastic. I, I have to tell you, of all the different ways I've tried to eat, eating on that schedule, I think, is the most valuable and definitely the thing that I'd want to stick with the most. Like, yeah. I don't have any real, like, I'm going to eat more vegetables now. I'm going to eat more meat now. Like, none of that. <laughs> none of that's like... Really, I mean, I have to be honest. Like, I'm more like your husband. Like, I, I'm not a. Yeah. I don't love vegetables very much. Uh, I blame my mother, who's still alive, and hopefully she'll hear this and and hear how giving me a 49 cent can of green beans and then letting them get cold and then asking me to eat them was probably not the greatest way to make me love <laughs> vegetables. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, but I don't like them. I hate the texture. I hate the memories. I hate the. I remember gagging on like cold green beans when I was a kid and just being like, please Ugh. don't make me eat this. Like I, I just, yeah, I, I need a therapist to eat a vegetable. I think not a, not, yeah. not a good. Yeah. And we get so much of our tastes like growing up, like as an adult, like most of our like tastes and preferences do come from when we're younger, like you said, from the memories and just, you know, like if you remember vegetables being cold and like slimy or mushy, then like, of course, you know, that's all your, your brain's going to associate it with, even if it is like warm and crisp, like you're just not going to taste that. I you're always going to taste the cold. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I've done my best to learn how to cook them for everyone else, but it's even difficult because when I eat them, I'm just like, eh, I don't know. Sounds <laughs> terrible. Uh, and, and it's not, I know people love that. I know it's not. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I just, I've been traumatized. Point is, is that I don't, I don't um, have an affinity towards any real style of eating with the exception of eating in a certain time frame. That I've just mm-hmm. found to be really uh, a spectacular idea. And unlike you who did it in a healthy way and eased into it, I did a 36 hour water fast and went right into a f- intermittent fasting schedule. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> was like, so you were like, you were like, if I'm going to get wet, might as well jump in. Like, 100%. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I just was like, okay. Like I got up one morning thinking, I'll do, I'm going to start the intermittent thing today. And I got to noon and I was like, huh, I'm not really hungry yet. I wonder if I could do a whole 24 hours. I was like, I'll just do water today. And then like kind of like flush my system out and and start over again. Because it I, I mean, I don't know. Anybody who hasn't eliminated carbs just to try it, for me, about twelve hours or so into it, your body just like it's almost like somebody flips a switch and it's like you have no carbohydrates left in you at all. And your kidneys just start to work and work and work. And before you know it, like, you know, I I'm, I'm we're talking about stuff that I, I feel weird, but like you're passing like clear urine and mm-hmm. you're just like, wow, like I am you start getting clear eyed your body because I'm assuming your body's not breaking down food anymore. It's not busy with other stuff. So right. you kind of have that like you get that little euphoric feeling that comes from, you know, starving. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then and then I just was like I got to the evening and I was like, all right, well, all I got to do now is make it till I close my eyes and then I'll get up in the morning and start this this fast. So I, I think I ended up going about 36 hours and then I started the fast at noon or then I started the intermittent fasting at noon. Um, I've met a lot of people who do it, uh, mm-hmm. since then I, I've met a type two who significantly reduced their medication needs by doing it. Um, mm-hmm. I've met 
people who do it for like like uber seriously and they you know you look at them and they just they're like a piece of like they look like a bunch of muscle wrapped in skin you know and they're like i (laughs) I intermittent fast and i'm like i do too and they're probably like "Mm, (laughs) do you because yeah, I can't see the muscles that are wrapped under your skin. I was like, no, no, no they're under there. Don't worry. Uh, they're but, there. They're there. I yeah. assure you. Yeah, look, I can move my hand up in there. They're still there. But but no, seriously, like, so so you're doing intermittent fasting with a mostly veg, vegetarian lifestyle, a little bit of like protein from meat and, and chicken, beef and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. What is the outcome for you? Like, how are your blood sugars? How are your A1Cs? How do you find it helping you? Sure. So, uh, my blood sugars are pretty, pretty steady. I typically stay between from 80 and 160. And, you know, the times that I do go up to around 160, it's not for very long. Um, I come back down pretty, pretty soon within, I don't know, maybe like 20 or 30 minutes, um, without having to, you know, give more insulin. Mm -hmm. My A1C, I just had, uh, I just went, I think like two or three weeks ago, my A1C was a uh, 5.7 and my doctor was like, that's so great. We just want to keep you under a 6.5. And I was like, in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, like that, <laughs> that would be high for me. Like I just, but I know that that's like how some people live. And I know that the, the doctors have to kind of like be careful about the advice that they give so that, you know, you don't sue them later. But I told her, I was like, just so you know, like my personal A1C goal is always under a six. Um, but essentially like I'm trying to even work my way down from a five, seven, you know, just slowly to like a five, five and just as close to a five as I can get. But yeah, so within 15 months, I my A1C went from, I'm pretty sure the um, blood tests that they ran for um, with an A1C and a couple other things that they were checking, I'm pretty sure that they just said 14 plus. Um, so it's possible I was higher than 14, but I just say 14. But yeah, so over the last 15 months, I went from a 14 to I hit six and then a five, eight and a five, seven. Wow. And so I've just kind of been around five, seven, um, the past, I guess, like six months or so. Hmm. So, yeah. And so everything's great except for the cholesterol. Um, just trying to get that down. Um, I'm on like the lowest dosage of the statin, which is the cholesterol medication I'm on the yeah. Lavalo. I'm on the lowest dose that they can give and so we're just trying to wean me off of that. But like I said, I was like, please let me try diet first so that, you know, we don't have to keep taking this. And I'd rather, you know, make those changes now while I'm more open to it. And also I think just the earlier you make healthier changes, um, the easier it is versus like when you get older, it's probably harder. You're less willing. Yeah. So I figured let's go ahead and try and see what we're doing. So just like you, you know, saying like, oh, let me try a potato fast or not eating it at all for like a day and a half. Like I, I'm like, oh, let's see what happens if I eat like this mm-hmm. or if I do this. So I have enjoyed, you know, more stable blood sugars. They're pretty predictable. And being able to like eat the foods that I enjoy, like I still have, you know, like chocolate and candy and whatever, of course. But yeah, so I just really enjoy the flexible um, part of the flexitarian diet as well. What do you do for exercise? Because you, I've, I've stalked you while we're talking and you seem lean and 
reasonably fit. So I was oh, wondering, <laughs> you're like, thanks. Yeah. You need me to say it. Uh, but do, yeah, do so have- I do a couple different things um, and it kind of changes. Sometimes it, I go through like phases of what I'm doing, but essentially I'm always doing some type of cardio. Sometimes it's more of like a lower intensity, like steady, like if you go for a walk, like a mall walker. Or sometimes it's a hit or a high intensity interval training mixed with weights. Typically, that's what I try to maintain. I do some rock climbing sometimes. I haven't since the pandemic because everywhere has just, you know, shut mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Um, but I do jujitsu as well um, regularly. I go about two or three times a week. So that's mainly what I do. I used to ride my bike a lot as well but someone stole my bike over the pandemic and i've just been really bummed about that (laughs) someone stole your bicycle yeah someone stole my bike give sarah's bike back what are you doing where did you leave i know what happened okay we're we're in an apartment complex and um we both had bikes um my husband and i and we had them locked up with those like industrial strength u-locks so they're pretty thick on a patio on the first floor and they weren't really easily seen because they're lower than the patio. But I guess someone must've just been like going around looking for those types of things. And they must've like come ready ready with like, you know, industrial strength, like bolt cutters or something. And we just like woke up and they were gone one morning and yeah, it was, (laughs) it was a pretty sad day. I was like getting ready to go for a bike ride and I couldn't. (laughs) How much did this bike cost you? Um, about four hundred dollars. Unbelievable! You're a young yeah. person. That's not easy to find four hundred dollars. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. So that's been kind of a bummer. But we're um, we're like, you know what? We will just save some money. We'll get new bikes. Those bikes were a couple years old anyway. Uh, You're just you know, trying, trying to, to find the silver it. lining. Yeah, 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 there's no silver lining. Someone stole your bike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's terrible. <Good> point. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're looking for the silver lining of having your bicycle stolen. It, 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 uh, it, I don't know. We we get to have new bikes. I don't know. Yeah, it, it helps you not murder somebody. You're learning how to hold your anger in. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! And it's Texas. They could have like stolen it. They probably were like gunned up and everything. You're lucky you didn't catch them. Oh my gosh! Probably. Yeah. yeah like everyone has a gun. Like. <laughs> I, if you've bad? seen a uh, Miss Congeniality, yeah, and um, the I forget, there's one lady that's like, it's Texas. Everyone has a gun. My florist has a gun. Well, I used to work for a florist. Um, she was a good friend, and she did have a gun. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, everyone has a gun. <laughs> I just had an image of Yosemite Sam shooting your lock off your bike, just so you know, pop into my head, <laughs> and I realized that's probably insulting but that's exactly how i thought about it i was like oh the guy probably just came up and shot the lock and took her bike i imagined him riding your bike away like it was a horse there's a lot going on in my mind right now <laughs> say yeah something like that <laughs> meanwhile you know probably a probably a gangster just came into yeah. the, just collecting bikes <laughs> up and selling them for money uh, yeah where do you even man. sell a and it's bicycle? just like what a time to do it especially like during the pandemic when it's like man that is like the last thing like anybody needs but do you think the guy that stole your bike <sighs> and let's be honest it was a guy let's let's do you think the guy that stole your bike at any point thought to himself uh, i feel bad about this because people really do need more exercise during the pandemic <laughs> no <laughs> no I don't he definitely so. didn't he definitely didn't he was like uh a bike it's locked up, but yeah. I think that means it's mine. <laughs> I think it, I think he thought I'm going to sell this bike and buy weed. 
I think that's what he was. Yeah. Thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. That sucks. That's okay. I still have other outlets for exercise. Like I said, so yeah, jujitsu and then cardio and weightlifting are like my main forms of, of exercise at this point. Can you do jujitsu right now with restrictions or no? Yeah. So our gym, um, you have to like, uh, register for the classes and you're just basically saying this is the only class or two. You're only allowed to come to two, I think each week, um, that I'm going to come to, um, we do face coverings and, um, you have the option of keeping like the same sparring partner so that we're not like mixing oh. each week, like, who's with who or whatever. So I feel pretty safe with um, those guidelines and and restrictions that they've put up. But yeah, it's still, they're still open. That's a good idea. I have to be honest. I I was baffled that I got a head cold. I was like, Mm -hmm. how did did this happen? By the way, listen to me talk about it. Like I had a head cold. I complained about it. Like I was like trapped under a car. My wife is like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I am ill. Leave me alone. And my, I I just, I can't, (laughs) I can hear them talking about me. I was on the sofa watching my new favorite TV show, um, Justified with Timothy Oliphant, and, um, which I'm almost done with, and I'm going to need a new favorite TV show soon. Anyway, that's not the point. I'm laying on the sofa, and I can hear them talking about me in the, uh, in the kitchen. And Arden's like, he never gets sick, so he's not used to it. <laughs> and then they started <laughs> mocking me, and I was like, I can hear you. My head hurts. Um, and, and it just, you know. I am really a baby about it. I'm not going to lie. And and not being sick very often makes it – I have no – like I have no tolerance built up for being ill. The minute I turn my head and I feel like a little off balance, I'm like, that's it. It's over. I sit right down. <laughs> Just leave me here. I'm fine. Although, you go on. <laughs> I have to tell you, I did an interview. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stamp this for people that hear it with Sean. And Sean – and I got on to record and I started by saying, man, I don't feel good. I was like, just so you know, like I'm a little loopy here. Like this is as close as it's going to come to you hearing me drunk or high because I'm like a little spacey and yeah. I can't <laughs> wait to go back and edit that show because for the life of me, I do not know what I said during that time. I mean, I was really like kind of out of it. I was like, oh, I wonder how this will go. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. So, so what would you tell people? Um, if you had to take one, would you, if like, if I gave you the, you know, unreasonable choice of you can only be a flexitarian or eat on an intermittent schedule, which would you take? Oh, wow. Um, I guess it kind of depends on what their goals would be. Cause if their goal is for insulin sensitivity, I might suggest intermittently fasting. Yeah. If their goal is maybe like, um, easier to manage blood sugars when they eat, I would definitely suggest flexitarian. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just depends what their goals would be. But for me, if I could only keep one, I would keep intermittently fasting. Yeah. That's interesting you said that. I'm trying very hard for someone to come on who n- understands intermittent fasting on a more technical level, but I've been yeah. I've been reaching to people and I'm not having a lot of luck. It's interesting how some people who are like, I'm an expert in this, I'm like, can you come on and talk about that? Like, nah. Like, well. Is it <laughs> well, I guess you're not an expert. Yeah, is it because like, you're not an expert? Is it you're afraid to say it out loud? Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm still working on that. Um, because like whether you want to eat carnivore or not, I liked having Paul on because Paul's like he's all in on it. Like he's gonna tell mm-hmm. you like he's you know absolutely all in on eating a carnivore diet. So let him talk about it from that perspective, and and you know people who are interested in it can hear about it, and people who aren't interested yeah. in it can go. Oh, I didn't know somebody else ate like that. It's in- you know it's, it's something else. Mm-hmm. You're 
so you're eating like pasta and bread and things like that. Probably not a lot of bread though, right? Right. So I tend to stay away from starches. So not a lot of potatoes or rice or just like white breads or like white pastas. Um, we do like the, um, the alternatives that are made from like plants, I guess. So like there's the chickpea pasta and they now make a chickpea like rice and okay. stuff like that. Um, and, and like whole grain bread and things like that. But, but yeah, a lot of, I mean, it's essentially, it's a lot of carbs either way. Yeah. I have to tell you, if you, I say sometimes like if you forced me to like yell out everything, I could tell a person in five seconds about diabetes that I would say like, get your basal right, learn to pre bolus figure out the glycemic index. And then, you know, if that, mm-hmm. th- that's how I would, break down the very basics of uh of managing insulin i have to say i think the very basics of eating if you gave me one second to scream out i'd yell don't eat processed foods yeah i think absolutely. that's what i, I think that's say. very key yeah. like and that's for anybody like whether you're a diabetic or not i 100%. think that's really key yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that in the end that's the like i know how i eat now I've gotten my body isn't in as good of a place as i can get it through eating and through the management of the time i eat my my last hurdle is exercise honestly and mm-hmm. i need to add more exercise but i've i've been suffering with uh plantar fasciitis for so long and i just finally got it to clear up um in a way that's meaningful in like the last three or four months so i'm i'm excited oh, to get good. moving again but um i have flat feet and i couldn't figure it out and i finally found an insert that that holds my arch up and made the fascia, the plantar fasciitis go away. So I'm super excited because oh, every nice. time I would yeah. get rid of it through stretching and resting, I'd be mm-hmm. like, Oh, cool. Then I'd go out and do something and I'd take two hard steps and I'd be like, and it's back. Like it was and I'm done. <laughs> yeah, six more months. I'll stretch it out again. And then two more steps. Like I'm not going to add exercise like that. Um, yeah, but that really is like for me, I think the difference between me right now and me 20 pounds toner and lighter is just exercise at this point. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I don't eat. I, I really eat nothing. I'm down to nothing. I <laughs> just <laughs> just potatoes, right? Yeah. Well, no, I haven't had that in a long time now. Like you know, I, I when Paul was coming on, I was like, I'm just going to eat meat to see how that goes. He yelled at me a little bit. He's like, that's not the way to start. I was like, I was just trying to get some background information. But I, I remembered really liking that, so I stuck, I stuck with that for a while. And then, like I said, and now I, I got sick, and you know, I. I was I was at the mercy of like whatever I could grab before I wandered back to the sofa and collapsed again. Yeah. You know, so but I'm going to I figure Thanksgiving's in two days. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll wake up Friday morning. You know, I'm, I'm back on my I'm back on the on the intermittent part of the diet now. And I figured Friday morning I'll just roll closer to more proteins and stuff like that for a few days and then. I'm assuming those couple pounds should probably drop right off. And then I'm going to start exercising. Like, I, I just, I don't know what I'm even going to do. I'm going to drag my son in the basement and be like, just show me four <laughs> things. Because he's, my son looks like a, do you play softball in college, by the way? Uh, no, I played in high school. In high school. Okay. Because um, my son's like a, you know, he looks like an underwear model. Like, he's just, you know, <laughs> it's embarrassing when I'm standing next to him. I know people are like, I heard Scott was adopted, but maybe the kid is too, you know, <laughs> we don't look anything like each other. And, uh, and I know he can help me. So I'm just going to put it on him. <laughs> that seems fair, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And to start, start small and like whatever you can do, like, yeah. Whatever. And like something that like I had to learn was like, don't do exercise just because you think you have to, 
find exercise that like you enjoy doing. And that's like the best way to be able to keep up with it. So there might be an exercise that like works well. Like if your foot does start to hurt more, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to have to find a bike. Well, maybe I can use yours. The one I took from you. Oh, oh, okay. I see. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be a lot of effort to make a bad joke on a podcast to fly to Texas to steal someone's bike. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. No, I wouldn't say that would be very worthwhile. <laughs> Let me ask you, I have a, I know we're getting up on time, but I have a question for you. So uh-huh. I, I found you because I was in the private Facebook group and I was like, Hey, how do people eat? And you were there. Wh- what were you there doing? Like, well, how come you found the podcast and the group and everything? So, um, I, okay. So I'm going to kind of go into like my diagnosis story just a little bit because I actually found you guys before I was officially diagnosed and before like I really kind of knew what was going on. Um, so I was becoming an EMT over the summer and we were practicing like using glucometers because that's something you have to do. Like if someone's acting kind of funny or Mm -hmm. if they've like lost consciousness, it's just like you always check their blood sugar. Well, they checked mine. And, um, it was like one evening class and my blood sugar came in at like 520 and they tested it again. Cause they were like, Oh, the glucometer just needs to be calibrated. <laughs> and they checked it again and it was like 515. And my um, instructor was like, Oh, you should probably go see your doctor. <laughs> and I immediately just like jumped into research mode and juice box podcast was like one of the f- like first one or two things I had found. And I couldn't even tell you how um, it was either through a Google search or or Reddit or something like that. My SEO um, is tight. Sorry, what? I said my SEO is tight, as the kids would say. My search oh, yeah, engine optimization. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Search engine optimization. Yeah, 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 yeah. got it. I'm yeah. on top of it. <laughs> um, and so I found you guys. And at first I found, you know, the blog and the podcast. And then um, and then I joined the Facebook group. And um, that was all before I was, like, officially diagnosed. Wow. Yeah. And then, and so whenever like I went to my endocrinologist and they were explaining everything and they were like, this is how you do this. I kind of had in the back of my mind, okay, but this is how I want to do it. Or this, is how I'm going to try to do it. Um, you know, cause they didn't really talk about, you know, pre-bolusine. They were like, yeah, just right before you eat, like maybe like five or 10 minutes, you'll want to give yourself insulin. Um, and then they gave me like an insulin to carb ratio, but I didn't really follow that. Um, and then, yeah, so that's how I found you. It was just like a search. Um, and that's how I was like in the Facebook group. And I go to it um, every once in a while just to see if there's like anyone that I could maybe help. Or I posted a question in there a couple of weeks ago because I think it's just a great community. They're an amazing group of people, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm beyond stunned and just happy about it. I'm also kind of thrilled that you found the podcast before anything and knew enough to be like, yeah, I'm going to listen to that, but not that. And, you know, coming from your doctor and was it a Mm -hmm. nice, easy start for you because of finding it sooner? Yeah, actually, especially since I got the Dexcom and the Omnipod, it was like really great being able to listen to how you use it. Oh, cool. So I was like, okay, I, like I know what I'm going to do. And it was really nice hearing people talk about like how insulin isn't scary. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, just have some, you know, apple juice or whatever around in case you go low while you are trying to figure things out. And so it was, it seemed pretty seamless. I mean, as, as it could be, um, obviously it was a shock and, it, it was tough and, you know, very 
frustrating and annoying and just all sorts of emotions at first. But because like I already had an idea, probably I had like a two week head start. Um, yeah, it just felt like I kind of knew like I had a direction versus like getting everything all at once and being like, uh, I have no idea what's going on. Wow. That's really cool. I've that you're the first person that's found it basically before having diabetes a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Although I realize you had it, but you, before you really dove into it, I've heard Mm -hmm. people finding it on day one, um, which is, which is very cool. Uh, and, and they've got a similar story to yours, but I, I like that you were just aware and moving before, before even, wow, I don't know. That's very cool. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited to know that that's, that that happened to you. That's yeah. Excellent. And, and I think it's because like I, the way that I found out, like, I think if I, like my doctor was really surprised that I had never gone into DKA and like mm-hmm. had to be hospitalized. Um, but I think the way I found out was also really helpful. So it was like in class and then it took two weeks for me to be able to get an appointment with my doctor. So like in those two weeks, like I just was in like heavy research mode, just like, okay, I would, I need to know everything. I want to know how to best manage this. I want to know like what it means for like now and in the future. And just like, oh my gosh, like, I probably spent like hours and hours each day, just like looking into everything. And then once I found you, um, juice box podcast and and the Facebook group and everything, I was just like reading over like everyone's suggestions and like what kind of problems they had run into and things like that. And like listening to all the podcasts, um, you know, I was going through the pro tips and everything. So yeah, I was just like a really, (laughs) I mean, just a really great timing, all things considered. Oh, that made me very happy. Not the part about you having diabetes, but the rest of it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that that happened. Did you ever become an EMT or a medic? What were you trying to do again? Yeah. So, okay. I was a teacher uh, for two years and I, uh, my doctor and I are pretty sure that I had had diabetes for two years. I was undiagnosed or, you know, before it was diagnosed. And so I just felt crappy while teaching. And I was like, man, maybe this just like, isn't for me. Like maybe this is just my body saying teaching isn't for us. Um, and so I was like, you know, I'm pretty interested in medical things and helping people. And, um, I have a brother-in-law that's a firefighter paramedic and he was like, you should look into this. And so I went through an EMT course over the summer. It was very accelerated. And then, you know, I found out while we were going through like our finals and like our testing and all that, and that I had diabetes and I was like, okay, I cannot be doing this EMT gig and figuring out diabetes all at once. Um, it just felt like that was the wrong move to make for me. And so while I am a licensed EMT, I'm a teacher and everything feels much better. I'm just like, Oh, okay. Teaching wasn't really bad. It was just because I had like undiagnosed (laughs) type one diabetes and that's why I felt so bad, but teaching itself is like pretty okay. (laughs) I'm blown away that that was your your example, because my I had a secondary question for you, which was going to be, hey, did you ever become an EMT? And can you tell me how the transition was from having diabetes to uh, untreated to having insulin on board? Can you tell me how your body felt differently after you had insulin, but then you just ended up doing it without me asking? That's uh, Thank you. I, I like <laughs> it welcome. when you can intuitively understand what the next question is going to be. Uh, and so it really was a night and day difference between how you felt after you got the insulin and prior. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't, I'm like you, I'm very similar to you, whereas I don't get sick that often. Um, but in the, the two years um, from, you know, the probable onset of type one diabetes, I was getting, I don't know, I, I don't even know what you'd call it. Cause I don't even go to the doctor that often, but it was just like a bunch of nose, throat, head stuff, but it was way more intense than when I'd had it before, you know, the probable onset. Um, I just, it, it took me a lot longer to recover from it. And then it, it, it kind of lingered. Yeah. Um, and then just my day to day, I was just exhausted. And I just really assumed it was teaching middle school um, because that's a handful. <laughs> that does sound exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> well, so had you not decided to try to be an EMT, you might have just like fallen into DKA eventually. Most likely. Yeah. That's my thought. Because because my A1C was so high and, you know, randomly testing one night, it was 520. Like I and because I were, you know, probably two years without being managed by insulin, like I'm pretty certain like within the next couple of months, I probably would have gone into DKA and that's how I would have found out. I wonder how they chose you. How many people were there when they were like, hey, let's test Sarah's blood sugar? So we were actually in groups. They had glucometers. Um, they had a glucometer for each group of like three or four people. And we just had to take turns. Um, so, so it wasn't like I everyone, was randomly oh, selected. Oh, I was like, wow, that's the, yeah, I wasn't sure if that was divine intervention where they were like, and there's 40 people in here. We're going to check Sarah's blood sugar. Uh, oh, no. So everybody <laughs> got their blood sugar checked at some point. Did you hear the um, episode uh, 387, somebody called 911, where the paramedic Ginger came on and talked about being a paramedic and what it's like to, to roll up on calls around type one diabetes. No, no, I haven't. I think um, you would like I, that. I've honestly fallen behind because with teaching I've had to Whoa, like... whoa, slow down. Don't be making excuses for why you're not listening to the podcast. If you've <laughs> got to get divorced or those kids can't learn as much or whatever has to happen, that that's not my problem. Okay. <laughs> you're right. You're so right. Do, I apologize. Wait, I'm sorry. Sarah, <laughs> do, do you see me saying I didn't feel good? So you didn't get a podcast this week? No. I was sick and I made a podcast. <laughs> and now you want to tell me you're busy? What the hell? I'm so sorry, right? I please I apologize for my disrespect. Well, let me speak honestly to everyone listening. All you ungrateful mother. Like what I am making this podcast for you listen to it. And at the very least, <laughs> at the very least you subscribe in your app and you continue to download new shows and tell people about it. I cannot be mistreated like this. this is terrible you cannot and you just can't do it on your own like you have all of us we are like your your minions trying to push the podcast on people and listen to it as many times as possible I you're so right no, ah. I don't, I don't, minions not a good word let's call us partners okay <laughs> we're partners think of me as the partner that gets the money from the ad sales and you're the partner who you know helps me charge more for the ads by getting more people to listen to the podcast like that's your part in this i give you the diabetes information and in turn you help me make the sarah this is not hard to understand i really You're am disappointed right. I'm so sorry no i'm thinking of not putting your episode up now <laughs> oh no as a punishment until you pull yourself now together. i've wasted your time well, ah. you're, you're you're like at least 20 episodes behind I know. I'm just kidding. I put out so many of these that I'd be stunned if you listened to all of them. I'd be like, wow, you've heard of every one of these? Sarah, you have oh to find gosh. like a, a, like a life. <laughs> you gotta get that bike <laughs> oh, back. <laughs> I have not. I have Honestly, I haven't had a life since school started. It's been rough. We are doing a hybrid, so I'm teaching online and in person. So it's like I have two full-time jobs. Can it I, has been insane. Can but... I take a couple extra minutes from you before we say goodbye? Can you tell me about that? Yeah. 
absolute sure. train wreck. It's going well somewhere in the middle. Um, somewhere in the middle. It started to feel better probably like um, beginning of November. So today's November 24th. Um, it, it started to feel better. But then our school had four new positive cases and the health department forced us to go online and like for everyone to go online. Mm-hmm. And that has kind of been a bit of a mess um, because the students, there were students that I had in person that had no idea what to do once they got online, even though like I have set aside time and showed them like it just doesn't make sense for them to like store that in their memory because they're like, whatever, I'm in person. I don't need to worry about, you know, going online and learning online. So it's been a little bit of a mess connecting with everyone. Um, There's kind of some uncertainty as far as like when we'll come back. We're supposed to come back Monday after Thanksgiving, but um, that could change depending on what the health department wants and, you know, what our school decides and all that. But yeah, it's been pretty stressful for everyone, you know, students, teachers, administration, parents, you know, families as a whole, it's just been, it's just stressful for everyone. The process of teaching kids virtually, um, is it worse than in person, better, no different, just different for you. So it feels odd. Like what's your finding? Yeah, I think um, it's worse for the students. I think school has a lot of benefits besides just, you know, an education. I think they actually learn a lot of different things. And I think being in person is the best form of them learning as far as, you know, learning like math and science. But, you know, they're also learning other things like social skills and just, you know, how to live life and how to interact with their peers as well as adults. And so being online for the student... I just, I don't think that's very beneficial. Um, at least not at this age. I, I teach uh, 10th and 11th grade now. Yeah. And I just think at this age, um, there are some students that might do fine, but the majority of my students, I can tell a difference um, and, and just their learning and the way that they're interacting, you know, because I've had a lot of the students before in other classes and, you know, to compare them in person to online, it's just night and day. Mm-hmm. And then it's also kind of, it's also kind of weird as the teacher to try and figure that out. It's like, how do I teach this lesson without being able to like get them to do hands-on things, which is like the best way to do it. Hmm. You know, for the majority of students, it's like hands-on because sure. It's like, okay, I can have you go and watch this video and then answer some questions about it or write a paper about it. But I they're just not absorbing anything, you know, because they're on a screen all day. And so to have them have an assignment that's on a screen or to watch a lesson on a screen, it's just, it's a lot of screen time. And they just kind of like zone out their brain. I don't know what it is. And it's to no fault of their own. It's just, you know, how humans work, but their brain just starts to like lose that. I don't know that the reality of like that they're at home, and they're supposed to be at school, but I, it's just like there's a connection that's not being made there. Is your expectation lower for them? Like, is the schools in general lower? Like, I know nobody would admit that out loud, probably, but <laughs> it is, you know, like, is the amount of stuff we're trying to pack into someone's brain lesser than it was prior? Um, I think it depends on where you go and then like for what school district um, and then even then what school you're in. For my school, essentially, 
the the feel that I'm getting is that the expectations for teachers are the same. However, the expectation for students has been lowered. Okay. And I'm definitely on board with, you know, lowering the expectations because we have no idea what the students' home lives are like, you know. Mm. For some students, it's like their worst nightmare to be at home and then to try to learn from home. Yeah. So mm. my my personal, as a teacher, my personal expectations for students, I've lowered them a lot. Um, I also teach history. So it's also kind of like history comes last. Um, it's not It's not like one of the essential skills you need to have or essential knowledge you need to have at this age level. So, yeah, um, there are some other teachers, though, who in my school, their expectations have not changed at all. They're about the same. And I can see that that's been kind of rough on students. So just like I said, kind of depends. Yeah. Arden um, put a table in her room. She's like, I need somewhere to sit. So we got her Mm -hmm. like a small table and a chair. And on most days she sits up and she's like, but still like you look at her, she's in her pajamas and her hair's like going six ways and she doesn't care. And you know yeah. what she looks like today. She, today she didn't feel well. She laid in bed and went to school today. Like, mm-hmm. at, like at noon, we were like, you all right, just one more class. Then I'm going to get a shower. And we're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but she's doing like her grades are really good. My son hates it. My son's in his junior year of college. And he's like, he's like, if they want us to do this again next semester, I'm not doing it. Yeah. yeah he said he's going to take yeah. a gap if it happens again. Yeah. And I totally understand that. I totally get that. Like there's for, to some students, it's like, whatever, I can do this. I can, I can be online. And to uh, the majority of students though, it's just such a, it's such a difference and it's just not helpful. And they just kind of turn into like zombies almost like it, it just, yeah, their brains aren't actually functioning on the learning level that they need to, because there's just that just enough of a difference, like being at home than in in person. So here's the good that I can imagine coming from this. Then I'm going to let you go because this is my mm-hmm. long shot bet. Okay? okay. Everybody falls into their phone, right? We've been doing it now for a decade or so. Um, there's an entire generation of kids who, you know, don't know a life. They What is that? They say like, you're always within arm's reach of your phone or something like that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. people have their face in their phones. I'm thinking that if this pandemic goes on long enough, we are going to successfully rewire a generation of children not to want to look at a screen. Maybe, oh. maybe, it, maybe it's like, you know, when, when your parents caught you smoking a cigarette and they made you smoke the whole pack. So you'd get sick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I'm thinking this might be that for screen time. Yeah. I mean, that's a good thought. And uh, like, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they're just- I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Just, yeah. Kids just being like sick of the screen and then finally returning to play like outside. Just do something different. Yeah. yeah like go have sex like regular kids. And like, yeah. they, they don't even know each other. Like they're like 11th, 12th grade. They're in college. Like, I don't know. I don't have friends. I'm like, friends. What about girls? What are you people doing? Uh, you know, yeah. but, but have you, um, are you aware that now there are text chains going around during your class that you're not involved in with the class? Do you know the kids talk that way to each other? Do you know they're probably talking about you while you're doing your thing? Like, are you aware of all that? Or you don't have kids? You don't know about that part, I guess, huh? Well, I don't have kids myself, Mm -hmm. but I am aware, like, I'm 
yeah, I'm aware that they talk about me. They talk about other students. They like, yeah, our school has a really strict no cell phone policy, but I know that it still happens. Like if their cell phones are out or whatever, even if it's like in their pocket and you can see the outline in their pocket Mm -hmm. where we take their phones up and they have to pay $20 to get it back at the end of the day. And then it increases like $5 each time. (laughs) But it still happens like they hide the phone somehow. They take it to the bathroom or, you know, in the hallway and passing periods like I. Yeah, I I know that that happens. Um, well, Sarah, and we've it just... sucks because it distracts and it's like it, it, it's like the other day I saw it in real time. Um, so we had an advisory and my advisory students. I'm like, yeah, take out your phone. I'm fine with that. Like, you know, whatever. As long as it's school appropriate, don't forget you're on the school Wi-Fi, so you you know the school mm-hmm. can see everything you're doing. Um, <laughs> and and I saw it happen in real time. Someone walked into advisory and they were like, "Hey, did you hear what so and so said um, to this teacher?" And everyone in the class was like, "No, what did she say?" And they were like, "She said this and this." And then I had. The, the student that said something to the teacher, I had her later in the day and she just seemed like different from how she normally was mm-hmm. from her normal personality. And I was like, Hey, what's going on today? You seem just, you know, like a little down or just like a little different. You have a good weekend. And she was like, no, I just like, I don't know. Some people were talking about me and they're texting about me. And I know that I watched that happen like in my class. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, that's insane. And I definitely was like, maybe like even an advisory, like I shouldn't allow them to have phones out for, for reasons like that. Because like, yeah, that, that, I mean, now that girl, now that students like distracted for the rest of the day, um, yeah, and she's just yeah. they're getting good at it. They're like multitaskers. Like it's, it's really incredible. They're having multiple, like, uh, uh, leveled conversations about different topics at the same time on different like devices. It's yes, fascinating how yes. good they are at it. It's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, you should see some of the ways they they've like figured out how to cheat on tests and mm-hmm. help each other with homework. And t- these mm-hmm. kids are really good at using this technology. Um, I think they really are. <laughs> I think you're. I think schools teaching kids a lot of things they don't think they're teaching them. Um, you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're, they're bad kids. They're going to be amazing adults. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think at the end here, we figured out who stole your bike. Some kid's phone who you took. <laughs> probably, oh, probably. probably. Yeah, they like, were probably like, all right, we can easily find out where she lives. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> I know where she's at. Let's take her bike. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we solved it. <laughs> yeah, I think we did. Just go figure out which kid you took the most money off of for the cell phones. He's got your bike somewhere. Yeah. Oh well, I really appreciate you doing this. And, um, and, and seriously, I, I'm, I love this series of people talking about how they eat and just have a nice conversation. So I'm, I'm thrilled the podcast found you and that it's been valuable for you. And, and, uh, in turn, I'm, I'm very grateful for you coming on and sharing this part of your life with us. Thank you so much. Oh, of course. I'm so grateful for the podcast. Like, as I just explained, like I, it was an integral part in, you know, learning management. And I think because of that, like it has just been that much easier you know, that much less stressful, especially when it comes to insulin, because I think a lot of people are just so nervous about using it um, and just kind of like the dangers of it, which are very valid and, and real concerns. However, we don't necessarily have to live with blood sugars that are super high. You know, we can we can make small changes and be healthy and, you know, just finding the podcast was just like such a blessing to be able, you know, transition so smoothly, you know, from 
from diagnosis just right into it. Um, so I'm really thankful for you, Scott, and just, you know, the blog and the podcast and everything it's become like, it's so great. And the community on Facebook, I think is like also one of the best resources out there. And thanks for having me. Yeah. I hope, um, flexitarian diet makes sense for some people to try out yeah it's definitely worth looking into and uh google calls it semi-vegetarian which made me laugh i don't know why semi-vegetarian okay (laughs) (laughs) oh you were so sweet just now it stopped me from making a stupid joke because i was just going to be like so i saved your life sarah is that right is can you just say those (laughs) words please so we have a clip for the trailer but no no it's fine um no but seriously you were just that was really kind i appreciate it you made me uh Made me a little, uh, you know, I'm not, I didn't cry or anything like that, but it was, um, it was really touching. I, uh, I'm just thrilled that anybody is, uh, finds value in any of the stuff that I've got set up. So, uh, but to know that you basically slung right from not having diabetes to having type one diabetes without experiencing any weird social, psychological or physical blips is, is very gratifying to hear. So I appreciate you sharing that with me. Thank you. Of course, of course. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G V O K E G L U C A G O N dot com forward slash juice box. While I'm handing out thank yous and propers, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show. And Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter, you're not a person, but I appreciate you too. ContourNext.com forward slash juice box. And of course, don't forget touchedbytype1.org. Also on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with someone. Leave a great rating and review where you listen or subscribe in a podcast app. These are the things that help the show the most. Thank you so much for listening, for supporting the show. I'll be back soon with another episode.